And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Luke 2, 8-16 Greetings to all you lovers of lore out there in the rapidly cooling hinterlands. It's Rockin' Max, and apparently we're going from Halloween straight into Christmas here on Nightmares and Daydreams, y'all. Hey, lovely people. Rock exaggerates as usual. He's such a drama queen. How I do. But it's true. Our initial story is totally a classic Christmas story. Mm -hmm. Drama king, good sir. And for us 80s kids, that passage is the one that Linus breaks down to Charlie Brown in A Charlie Brown Christmas. Am I right, Max? Oh, and by the way, you almost did that as good as Linus, my man. Yeah, never as good as Linus. But I think it, I mean, it came out in like 65 or so, I think. So 66, yeah, something even, like that. That's the year you were born. 70s kids even, yeah. So <laughs> anyways, you're correct, as usual. Oh, thank you. It is a Christmas story, or at least part of the Christian Christmas tradition. Yep. But uh, Christmas is not per se the subject of this episode although nope we have done and could do again Mm -hmm. episodes specifically to do with christmas we will as you know we love to discuss all things paranormal legendary and even monstrous on nightmares and daydreams gang maxi speaks true but as we do every week we want to ask that you keep liking subscribing and sharing our little pod our community is growing and we owe it all to you our amazing listeners Keep it up, and thanks so much. Yup, yup. And please don't forget to grant us that boon. The boon. As Rock says, of the five-star review. Mm -hmm. Okay, where were we, Rock? I was about to remind you not to forget about fun, Max. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fun. Yeah, folks, fun. I definitely won't forget it. Mm -hmm. Well, even when you're wrong, you're right, Maxie. But do you want to know what's not funny? Let me check my notes here. Nope. Mm -hmm. I continue to be clueless. I am at a loss, Rock. (laughs) What exactly is not fun? How about unearthly beings with two pairs of wings and four faces and hooves of polished brass and carrying a flaming sword? That flaming sword is legit, gang. At least a plus seven weapon. (laughs) Uh, No thanks. I don't think there's plus seven weapons, first of all, but Mm -hmm. no thanks anyways. I think you just... Roll that up on a random encounter chart? It feels like it, right? But nope. And yeah, there are plus seven weapons in my campaigns. Moving on. (laughs) But gang, we're talking about angels today. And that is how cherubim or cherubs are described in the Bible. Nice. Yes. 
We're talking angels today, folks. And to be honest, angels can be pretty scary beings, like you described. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm glad they're at least ostensibly on our side. Yeah, like kind of. You know, I just want to know what happened to the cherubs I see in the paintings, you know, like the fat little babies with wings. <laughs> exactly. Those sweet, fat, little innocent babies akin to little eros of Greek myth, just shooting everybody with their bow and arrows, making people fall in love. <laughs> I believe, actually, that was a fairly recent artistic invention, Rock, like from the Renaissance or so. It might have been Donatello who first showed them as fat babies. Hmm, you sure it wasn't Michelangelo? Cowabunga, dudes. You know, Maxie, <laughs> great. Now I want pizza. <laughs> Not that Donatello, as I think you know. Right. Anyway, Mutant Sewer Animals is a totally different episode. We'll order pizza after the show. Nice. But honestly, though the angel, the cherub I described at the beginning of the episode, is from the book of Ezekiel in the Bible. Although I noticed you threw in the flaming sword, too, for effect, which was nice. <laughs> Plus seven weapons, at least in the hands of the PCs, are always nice, right? Mm -hmm. But not without cause, though, because flaming sword-wielding cherubim are said to guard the entrance to the Garden of Eden. So I didn't throw that in there willy-nilly. Awesome. Actually, since there are tons of different kinds of angels, let's talk for a minute about the different kinds, of which cherubim is just one. I know seraphim is another, but what else you got? Okay, so Christian angelology divides the different types of angels into three classes or spheres. Angelology? That's a good word, Max. I'm pretty sure you made that up. Okay, so for the sake of argument, yes. Christian angelology, or the study of angels, is slightly different, Max, from Jewish and Islamic classifications. Oh yeah? How so? Well, in Judaism, there are 10 angelic classes, and different scholars rank them in different orders, so we'll just leave that alone for now, y'all. Yeah, gets real complicated real fast. In Islam, I don't think they're, you know, it's the same kind of hierarchical structure. By the way, correct us if we're wrong, guys. You find fault with any of this, let us know. Definitely. But there are different kinds of angels in each of the seven heavens, so I guess that would imply, like, at least some sort of hierarchy, right? For sure. I mean, I guess the closer to God, the more prestigious, I would generally assume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't think you finished with the Christian hierarchy, though, Maxie. <laughs> no, I was ever so rudely interrupted. Yes, how I do. Well, if you don't hurry up and spit it out, you're about to be interrupted again, my man. <laughs> All right. Give me the two-piece and a soda. You see the bang, conditions bang. I have to work in, lovely listeners? <laughs> We're just talking about angels, man. That's, yeah, that's what brings it up. All right, Maxie, so tell us about the Christian angelic hierarchy, please. Okay. So, as I said, there are three spheres. The first sphere is angels that are direct servants of God. The second are the governors of creation in general. Yeah, like the heavenly bureaucrats. Exactly. <laughs> and the third are angels that have a much more direct contact with humans, both as individuals, but also as societies. Some of them guide and protect nations or peoples or even institutions like the church. Okay. You know, that makes a certain kind of sense. What are guardian angels? I suppose they're in the third sphere. Yeah. They at least according to this organization of beings, are part of the lowest order of angels called Malachim. Which is not to say, like, they're lowly. No, I mean, they're angels after all. I mean, in some ways, like for us, they're the most important kind. Indeed. I mean, they protect us directly, right? Mm-hmm. So I know you found a ton of stories on guardian angels, right? Mm-hmm. You want to share? You know I do. 
friend of mine told me about an experience his grandmother had when she was home alone once. In the middle of the day, someone knocked on her door. When she opened it, she saw a man with a knife ready to kill her and loot the place. But when he saw her, he went pale and ran. He was later caught in question about why he ran, and his response was, when the door opened, I saw two large and strong men standing behind her. And to this day, my friend swears that it must have been two angels sent to protect her. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, why else would the guy have gotten scared and run, right? Right. I mean, it's like he was ready to rob the place and presumably even do violence, given that he was holding a knife. Uh -huh. But then this old lady opens the door up and he just like freaks and runs away. Doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But and then, you know, why would he make up something that makes him sound like he's crazy if he didn't really see it? Yeah, which and I'm not saying they weren't there. But it's not to say they were or weren't, but he definitely saw something, whether it was yep. angels or hallucinations or whatever. You know, but, you know, you always have to introduce the doubt, Maxie. <laughs> I mean, Fox Mulder believes. You think you're better than Fox Mulder? <laughs> you know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he <laughs> saw something. Whether they were angels or not, we don't know. They could have been Jan or demons or Domovoy for that matter. All right, all right, man. Fair enough. And I joke, y'all, Maxie, and I love the Lord, but there's always room for a a bit of skepticism or folks hallucinating there you go man let's that fine <laughs> let's just move past this and keep this train moving all right so i have this friend who does rock climbing that's random not really because rock climbing is really dangerous right yeah i mean i've seen people rock climbing you know dude i guess i reckon if anyone needs a guardian angels it's probably rock climbers or skydivers ain't no room <laughs> for errors in those endeavors y'all exactly so she's free climbing, no ropes, nothing, right? That's craziness, dude. She sounds like an adrenaline junkie. No ropes. Do I know this person? <laughs> she's all Alex Honnold. All right. But anyway, yeah. She's like Stallone and Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. You guys remember Cliffhanger? Shall I do a review? Oh, come on now. <laughs> it's, it's not uh, on target enough. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me, t let me continue my story. So she's climbing. She's free climbing. Mm -hmm. She's like 30 feet up off the ground. Which is like three to four stories up, man. That's nuts. She overreaches and, you know, everybody's worst fear slips and starts to fall. Mm -hmm. She said it was like, you know how when you're like rocking in a chair that's not meant to be rocked in, you're tilting it back and it kind of yep, overtips. Yep. Mm -hmm. And at that, there's that point that you realize you're going to fall and there's literally nothing you can do about it because you're just out there in the air yeah man we've all been there acting the fool in a chair and then it hits that spot <laughs> where there's no going back so man that's totally rough. so she starts to fall but all of a sudden she feels a hand between her shoulder blades and it pushes her back up and she's holding onto the rock face again <laughs> holy crap dude i'd be terrified but you know kind of relieved right and the thing is like you're not dead for one, but you're still stuck 30 <laughs> feet off the ground. I'd want to be on terra firma pretty damn fast, party people. Yeah. I mean, she said she was freaked and immediately climbed down, actually, and just had to sit there for a long time. Yeah, she was probably, like, taking stock of her life, dude. I mean, that's pretty amazing, y'all. Yeah. Like you say, whatever it was, it was not something natural that did that. Did I say it was supernatural, Maxie? I mean, exactly. So she's a pretty devout Christian, so she called it a guardian angel, and 
Maybe it was, but who it, knows? It was sweet. Four pound, <laughs> five ounce baby Jeebus went up there with the wings and pushed her back against the wall. <laughs> so being all serious, guys, uh, we talked about cherubim, which are in the Bible. And guardian angels are notably not in the Bible. So what's up with that, Max? Well, Rock, the Bible doesn't use the actual word guardian angel, but there are definitely instances in the Hebrew scriptures even of angel guardians for humans. Huh. Just as one example, during the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, God tells Moses, Now go, lead the people to the place I spoke of, and my angel will go before you. True, true, man. But the idea that each individual, like each one of us, has a specific and personal guardian angel is not biblical, right? Oh, for sure. And I don't know if the idea started with him, but I think St. Jerome, the guy who translated the Bible into what is now the traditional Vulgate Latin in the fourth century, mm -hmm. said, uh, let me find the quote, uh, how great is the dignity of the soul since each one has from his birth an angel commissioned to guard it. Okay, man. So the idea itself is old, at least like, what, 1600 years old. Right. But maybe not original to the concept of angels, yeah? Seems like. But, I mean, how old is the concept of angels themselves? Hmm. I know you did some digging on this. Well, you know, you being the fancy Greek scholar that you are, you probably <laughs> know the origin of the word, am I right? I do, actually. The English word, angel, and the word is similar in most European languages, I think, comes from the Greek, as you say, angelos, which literally just means messenger. And that word is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word malach. And in Hebrew, exactly like in Greek, the word simply means messenger, regardless of the nature of the messenger. So like a guy shouting out the daily, like back in the day on the corner, or exactly. even a fiery six-winged being from the heavens. It doesn't matter. You're a messenger. You know, like where you have these bike messengers at the old office. It exactly. Just... They're just a messenger. Yeah. But... When our friend St. Jerome wrote the Latin Vulgate Bible, he used the Latinization of the Greek word for heavenly messengers, angelus. Oh. But for human messengers, he used nuntius or legatus, which is the normal Latin word. Which kind of forever separated angels and humans. Show is sad. <laughs> exactly. You know, but angels don't always, or at least don't only act as messengers. What you got, Rock? In John 5, verses 2 through 4, it says, Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. That's pretty cool, actually. So this angel just comes to this bathhouse once a year, and as he passes through, he randomly heals some person. Healing angel, nice. Mm-hmm. Well, not randomly, Maxie. He specifically healed or caused the water to heal. Whoever jumped in quickest after he splashed the water or whatever. 
you know, so it's like oh, yeah. kind of a race. True. Yeah. I guess you have to be quick if you want to get healed in Bethesda, folks. Or have quick friends who will throw you in at the slightest disturbance. <laughs> I've got you, Rock. I'll push you in at the bearish breeze. Thanks, man. I'll set up a diving board so you can cannonball in right there. <laughs> Healing for all. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. So this is like a lot of springs or pools around the world, actually, that have supernatural beings or persons associated with them. Lourdes in France, where the Virgin Mary appeared to Maria Bernada Sobiros. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, true, true. And there's a mineral springs in New Mexico called Ojo Caliente that the northern Pueblo peoples consider sacred. And it's said to have healing powers, but I don't know if there's an entity attached to it. I'll have to ask the wife because she's been there several times. She loves her some healing hot springs. Oh, nice. There's tons of these sites. Could almost be a podcast for another day. It could be a podcast for another day, Maxie. But let's get back to angels. My point was just that, you know, they're not only messengers. Gotcha. Well, that's just what the word for them means. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the sum total of their nature. True, true. As you say, the rather djinn-like cherub you described earlier uh-huh. also serves as a guardian at, in at least one instance at the Garden of Eden's gates. They do sound kind of like jinn in some of the descriptions. And let me just say, since we're talking about the meaning of their names anyway, the word seraphim, which is another kind of angel, yeah? Yeah, an angel of the first sphere in Christian angelology, Rock. You are correct, Max. Okay, so getting back to seraphim. So that word means the burning ones. Hmm. That does sound a lot like jinn, doesn't it? Yep. As we know from our jinn episode... First season. They are beings formed from smokeless fire in the same way that humans were, according to the Hebrew scriptures, formed from clay. So how does the text describe these burning ones, Rock? In the year that King Uzziah died... I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. Two wings is never enough, Rock. So I just have to go off, and yeah, two wings is never enough. Why not have four or six? (laughs) But let me just go off on a real quick tangent, Maxie. Oh, Lord. Are you going to do a review for Angels in the Outfield or Highway to Heaven or something? <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, no, no. Do I love me some Michael Lanner from back in the day? But be serious, Max. I only review the most esteemed and prize-worthy <laughs> of cinema, my man. Uh, true. My bad. Go on. Okay, gang. So, in the Hebrew, the word seraph means burning, like I was saying, right? Okay. Well, there are seven times in Hebrew scriptures that the word seems to be used to mean serpent. A burning serpent? Like a dragon? Yeah. Who knows, man, but in the books of Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Isaiah, the word is used, but only in Isaiah is it understood to mean the angelic beings. Okay, we need a rabbi in here, stat. <laughs> Do you like, seriously, I want to understand this better. So some scholars argue that the serpents are meant to be described as having fiery colors or that their venom burns when they bite. Those sound like reasonable interpretations. Right, right, right. But there are instances later in Isaiah where it's interpreted as serpent. Listen listen to this. Okay. Do not rejoice, all of you of Philistia, because the rod that struck you is broken. For out of the serpent's roots will come a viper, and its offspring will be a fiery flying serpent. (laughs) Seriously, Rock, this is not a dragon episode. (laughs) But we're going to get to a dragon episode, y'all, so... No, 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 dude. 
I know, but I couldn't help it. It's just fascinating, man. Like every culture has dragons, party people. Well, pretty much every culture. A hundred percent agree. <laughs> and we definitely need to figure out more about this for our dragon episode, which needs to come soon. Sooner than later. How about we hear another story for now and refocus? Bring it on, my man. Surely we created you, then shaped you, then said to the angels, prostrate yourselves before Adam. So they all did, but not Iblis, who refused to prostrate with the others. Allah asked, what prevented you from prostrating when I commanded you? He replied, I am better than he is. You created me from fire and him from clay. Allah said, then get down from paradise. It is not for you to be arrogant here. Get out. You are truly one of the disgraced. Iblis appealed. Then delay my end until the day of their resurrection. And Allah said, you are delayed until the appointed day. And Iblis said, for leaving me to stray, I will lie in ambush for them on your straight path. I will approach them from their front, their back, their right, their left and then you will find them most ungrateful. Allah said, get out of paradise. You are disgraced and rejected. I will certainly fill up hell with you and your followers altogether. Nice, okay. So I think this is very similar to the Christian tradition that Satan was an angel or even the chief angels like the big cheese angel before he grew too proud. He led an insurrection and then ended up as the enemy of God. Yeah, that's my understanding, that the idea of fallen angels first pop up in the book of Enoch, which I believe was a Jewish book dating from several hundred years BC. Although I don't know how much the concept is part of Jewish belief in general, but it's definitely part of Christian and Islamic lore, even though I don't think it's technically in the canonical Christian scriptures. So are you sure about that? Isn't there <laughs> something about Yeah, isn't there something about the Nephilim though? Like that they were like the children of fallen angels and humans or something. I know we talked about it before in our Giants episode, but uh yeah. let me find the reference just uh it's from the book of Numbers. Okay, yeah. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come of the Nephilim, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Right. And the first reference to the Nephilim is in the book of Genesis, right? I love that band. The Nephilim. She seems to have an invisible touch. <laughs> yeah. <set>. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it says something like the Nephilim were in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bore children to them, the same were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. And sons of God, I guess, is sometimes, even in traditional Jewish sources, thought of as angels. But there's nothing explicit that declares them to be so. It definitely can be inferred. And the name Nephilim is actually very close to the Hebrew word Nophlim, which means fallen. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It seems like a strong possibility. But like so many things in sacred texts, it's ambiguous. And once again, Max, you're just super skeptical of everything in this here episode. <laughs> I'm analytical of everything, but I don't think I'm unfairly skeptical. 
I'm just trying to understand what the sources say. I kid, Max. You know I kid. And, you know, I just want to point out another reference in the Christian Bible, the New Testament, the book of Jude to be specific, that I found referring to angels having fallen. Interesting. Let's hear it. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. Jude 1, 6. Nice. That's pretty explicit. And of course, Christian literature later on, especially Milton's Paradise Lost, mm -hmm. really ramified this particular belief. And speaking of angels falling, I'm going to do a quick shout out for a great movie. Is this that Nicolas Cage movie with that Goo Goo Doll song you wouldn't stop singing in the late 90s? Come <laughs> on, man. No, it's the movie that one was based on. But that movie, City of Angels, mm -hmm. is also pretty good, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Though not anywhere near as good as the original. All right, man. Listen, Max, this better be good. You got big shoes to fill when it comes to reviewing <laughs> movies, my man. No pressure. Oh, Noonan. my God. The Noonan. pressure. <laughs> I can't do it. All right. So the movie is Wings of Desire. At least that's the American title. The movie is German by Wim Wenders. Of course it is. And the <laughs> The movie is set in pre-reunification Berlin, and it's about all the angels that are there in the city watching over humans. Mm -hmm. And one of them, Damiel, falls in love with a circus performer named Marion and decides to fall or become mortal to experience the world as a human. Peter Falk, a.k.a. Columbo, mm -hmm. is also in this movie, and he plays another human that also used to be an angel but is now. It's kind of like Arwen when she chose Strider. Show us sad. Exactly. Okay, man. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. Since Columbo's in it, I'm going to check it out. Peter Falk <laughs> was also Fred Savage's grandpa in The Prince's Bride, y'all. FYI. You know it. Indeed. Love him. I think it's time for another story, gang. Got one? You know I do. When I was 13, I heard a voice from God to help me to govern myself. The first time, I was terrified. The voice came to me about noon. It was summer, and I was in my father's garden. I saw it many times before I knew it was St. Michael. He was not alone, but duly attended to by heavenly angels. He told me St. Catherine and St. Margaret would come to me, and I must follow their counsel that they were appointed to guide and counsel me in what I had to do, and that I must believe what they would tell me, for it was at our Lord's command. With the guidance of the angels Michael and Gabriel, and Saints Catherine and Margaret, Joan of Arc would later come to the aid of King and Kingdom of France, leading to a reversal of the country's fortunes against the English in the Hundred Years' War. I guess God loves the French more than the British. I mean, who doesn't? Just joking, our four <laughs> British listeners. Hey, you know, in this instance, he seems to have wanted to make some adjustments in their favor, perhaps? Joan of Arc is a fascinating figure, and it's cool that her life, although a long time ago, obviously, is recent enough that we have actual records of some of her real words. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely cool to read what people actually said in their own words. Plus, we all saw her on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you know? <laughs> Of course, she was sadly executed at just 19 years old, but mm. the Pope exonerated her just 25 years later and declared her a martyr. I'm pretty sure she was stoked about that. But, you know, she wasn't declared <laughs> yeah. a saint for another, like, 400 years or something, like, to the 20th century, right? It's a very deliberate process, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, super deliberate. 
Some of that might be the French people, actually. So l'Académie Française is the authority that declares what's officially correct in regard to the French language, right? You tell me, Mr. French degree. <laughs> well, the last complete edition of the Dictionnaire de l'Académie Française came out in 1935. 35? Yeah, they've been working on the newer updated edition ever since. What's uh, taking them so long, the people that run like Dictionnaire de l'Académie Française? Why <laughs> taking so long, Max? Well, I think they're on S, so, you know, hopefully by the 100-year mark, they'll... <laughs> Finally. 2035, they'll be on W, something like <laughs> yeah, that. Something. They like th that That first half of the dictionary is already so out of date. <laughs> yeah, I doubt Boudilicieux is in there, if that's what you mean. Well, you know what? Then they have no street cred at all. Then no daisies at all. Credit, <laughs> maybe, but definitely not cred. Max, you're funny with your French language. <laughs> but unlike the French dictionary writers, I think we have officially come to the end of our work today, gang. I believe so. We love and appreciate you people, as always. Mm -hmm. And if you appreciate us too, why not head over to buymeacoffee.com and search Nightmares Podcast for an invigorating one-time donation. Oh, so invigorating. It helps us keep the lights on here at Nightmares and Daydreams. More importantly, it keeps us ever so happy. And it stops Max from drinking. <laughs> if he can drink coffee, he's not going to drink beer again. you got to help us out. Well, maybe don't then. Seriously, guys, speaking of supporting the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash nightmares podcast for some extra content. Tier started a buck a month and y'all can cancel any time. We continually add new stuff and gang. We are adding a boatload of stuff soon. Thanks for your patience. Max's myth, rocks, relaxing reads, bonus episodes and new music by the great and powerful Teresa Joy. Speaking of the best bard in the business, Teresa Joy keeps casting enthrall on y'all. That's some third level spell stuff, y'all, no joke. At least. She at gives least. us the amazing sound so many of you have commented on. Find and follow mm -hmm. her at Viobrite on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to check her out on her own website, TeresaJoyMusic.com. And we asked earlier, but gang, you know we're going to ask again. Please head on over to whatever podcast you listen to us on and grant us that boon of the five-star review. And of course, saying a few kind words always helps. Thanks for sharing our podcast, gang. It really helps us out. Also, join us on all the social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. All that. We love hearing from y'all. And gang, don't forget to head on over to our own damn website at nightmarespodcast.net to holler at your boys. Just scroll down, look for the wolves. And those wolves, there's two wolves like me and Max. So <laughs> click on them. Give us that listener's tells because we've got a lot and the next listener's tells is going to be awesome. We love hearing your story. Yeah, we do. So, gang, as always, be good to each other and sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.